I thank you for joining an abbreviated version of horse racing, true crime, as my uh, my uh, hard drive burned out. It's making so much money. <laughs> it burned out, and uh, you always have to have plans. There's no excuses, right? Winners win, losers lose. There's no excuses. The old thing you used to tell us in high school, right? Uh, excuses are like a-holes, right? Everybody has them, everybody uses them. We don't use them around here. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do it on our phone and it's a spoils of success. Because of the podcast, I get a significant discount with the biggest company in the history of mankind, right? I'll let you figure out who it is. And I wanna make sure my T's are crossed because there are no excuses. If something does not go my way, it is my fault. I'm responsible for everything good and bad that happens in my life. And really, that's what the podcast is about. That's what horse racing through crime is about. And it's always a business meeting. I hated meetings. The worst meeting I ever went to, and one of the funniest ones, was I was dispatching trucks at Triple A in Florida. Uh, job really, and we got paid uh, triple in a hundred dollars cash bonus. You can't do that anymore, right? You give something more than $25, the world that's seen so many fights and so much drama, or give somebody over $25 gift, get the sack, blah blah blah. We got a hundred dollars cash to everybody, and we were why are we here on a Saturday morning in the in the Assistant manager of the whole place at Triple said, We're here because I have an announcement to make that I'm gay. It, you can hear this huge groan over the crowd, this big black girl, about 300 pounds. She's like, We all knew you were gay. I can't believe you dragged us out of bed, paid us all this money to tell us something we already know. So from then on, 80% of the meetings I've been have been a complete use waste of time. So every single meeting has to have a purpose, a clearly defined purpose, and an outcome you track. So the purpose is threefold. To eliminate and mitigate mistakes made in true crime podcast. The biggest one is not telling the whole story. And I understand everything's fragmented. Uh, CNN tells you 50% of the truth. Fox? Tells you 50%, right? Or a little less. Neither, because it's TV, give you a complete formula. New York Times, LA Times has changed. Washington Post, a little, right? Uh, all of those papers used to have major conservative columns and major liberal columns. Now you have four liberals. And maybe one conservative, maybe one independent. Uh, Washington Examiner has zero, has zero liberal columns. Uh, Buckley, right? I forgot his magazine. It's fairly conservative, but he would surprise you with a, a, a commentary on the left. But it was well thought out, it was well researched. Mm-hmm. So every single podcast. It's well thought out, well researched. It's designed to have a long shelf life. 
you can listen to it three years from now and get something, something important. Do you mind everything my person and I talk about here? It's things that we have monetized. So to that end, as we start the beginning year of the project, what we do is we're defining. Remember, things change, right? We on the episode notes we go what facts are, what evidence is. We go through everything in detail, right? To get a full picture, and you can use it as reference. I have two master's degrees in business. I have really high-end clients, but the ones that I have, they're 50 million, 20 million, I'm blessed because not only do they just have a lot of money, they're also very thoughtful and they continue independent study and they have unlimited resources to learn and grow. I'm lucky that I'm around that, right? So I learn and grow myself because you never stop learning because life never stops teaching. Is the facts change. So we can catch that evolution, see the pattern. Why? To get ahead of it. So that's why we're 500% MBA. Uh, not MBA. MBA was not as good. However, we did make a profit in the NBA final. Football, 500% RRI. College basketball, almost 600% RRI. What does that mean? You made five times and six times more money than what you started with, but using business and finance maxims, structure, uh, things I've learned to make money. So I filtered it out. That's why I listen to this podcast. You will get an MBA that's more valuable than we're getting for Warren because Warren does not give them real life monetization strategy. It's broad and they're teaching you, they're, they're teaching you how to learn, which is important. And they teach you history because if you don't learn history, you're going to be doomed to uh, repeat it, or you can anticipate some of the other person repeating it and you betting it ahead of time, right? Like Bob Baffert repeated spiking horses. We got ahead of it and we made money with the Gina Spirit and the Kentucky Derby. So we're not only teaching you concepts with long steps like we're teaching you practical information and strategies to make money today. Give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach the man a fish. You feed him for a lifetime. Salesmen, I'm getting into sports betting mode. Salesmen think short term. Businessmen and women think long term. Higher level thinking is long term thinking. And it's a classic example. Classic example. The podcast we did before, last one, the one before, about short term thinking mayor who this week was crying about a podcast somebody did. It's funny, when I need to go to the city council meeting and the mayor's talking about you, right? I'm not even an elected official. I'm just a regular citizen like everybody else. But he's crying about the podcast where he was exposed, where he's being exposed on social media. And he has to, uh, has to respond. $150,000. Well, he's supposed to be Christian. So let's take him out of where he's some sort of Christian. Says the Bible, right? That uh, what is the man if he gets the whole world if he loses his soul? 
I'm not going to lose my soul for $150,000. You know what it says? was done in the darkness, which should come to the light. That's my job to put things in the light like that. You know, and he's crying, right? Because it's short-term thinking. He was thinking about those $150,000. He didn't understand the long-term repercussions because it's tax through his money. It isn't $150,000 you got from Walmart. He got it from you because you're a taxpayer and you have to pay tax. So there's consequence right. for short-term thinking, right? Yeah. Now, in this podcast, we're going to focus on veterinarians uh, in the indictment. Next week, we're, this is an abbreviated podcast. Next week, we're going to go in-depth with the veterinarians because we know the trainers are supposed to love the horse. We know the jockeys are supposed to love the horse. The owners love the horse. Even though they're lying, right? With Zaid, one of the Kentucky Derby, they said, I did this all for you. I'm like, why? I do it for you, man. You bought the horse. Tomorrow's not promised to you. You could die. Do it for you. You don't know me. Because it's all BS, right? But Boyd says, I'm doing it for you. It's all BS. Not mm-hmm. veterinarians are involved. And now we're going to go through a macro. We're going to go, we're going to compare what's wrong with the human health system and compare it to what is wrong with veterinarians and horse racing industry. And then we're going to get into specifics. Tell you the whole picture next week with veterinarians and the indictment. Now, if you are the smartest, toughest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Coach Frank, I was floored. I went to uh, these two city councilmen had a had a uh, what they call pop up city hall. It's called talk to people. One of the guys, Robert Pequeno. Professor Christian, I asked him a question. He starts cursing in public. What kind of a Christian does that? I don't know. I, maybe I'm getting too old. But when I was growing up as a kid, uh, people who were uh, professing Christianity in public or in a public service event were not cursing all the time. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I saw whatever. Weird. But one thing floored me. I said, because he, he, he is as dumb as a box of rocks. But he, he's a man 15 years in the Marines, 15 years as a cop, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, do you have a mentor? Do you have somebody who checks your thinking? Because he, he was taken aback. Being in those structured environments, that me being as a business owner, mm-hmm. the way you filter people out, it's always good business to be direct, right? Your, your authentic self, your best mm-hmm. self, so I was being my best self. I was being authentic. And I was backing things up with facts, figures, documentation. And it came out that these two guys, and I was there with Andy, a guy from the community, that we connect on how much that it's not the local political corruption and corruption in the horse race industry is not a victimless crime. The better you're getting killed. And nobody cares because you, most of them are degenerates. We're going to lose the money anyway. But that's mm-hmm. not the point. Right. <laughs> right. That is not the point. Same thing with this uh, as athlete, as Lake Force is. I'm saying three or five years. A lot of people are coming back to me in three years. The city is going to be in the red death. Right? No mm-hmm. reason to. 100% affluent, 
got all the resources in the world other than selective prosecution and getting away with illegal activity. That's, you know, that's just, we live too long and things to simplify this. So I said, do you have a mentor, somebody who checks your thinking? Because he was just, um, he was bad, right? And with one second, he's arguing with me. Next second, he's like asking me for advice or, or why do you think this way? Why do you think I look like a deer in a, in, in a headlight? And I said, because you look like a deer in a headlight. Because you already had, you haven't prepared. But he said, oh, I, I should have been prepared before taking the job. I'm like, it is not the Marines or the cops. In the real world, right, you have to be able to do the job before somebody hires. This is not charity. It's supposed to be capitalist. He didn't get that. And I asked him, right? So the things your mom says pop at you, pop at you at 50. The people who say they're the smartest in the room, they're the dumbest in the room. He said that he doesn't need a mentor, that he knows everything. He's 56 years old, and he knows everything. He lives two blocks from the freeway on the I-5. And he's arguing that the people in his financial statement were corrupt. And I'll forward you that blistering email, and I'll put an email in the episode. Notes. He's a public servant. All of this public documentation. Yeah. Where... Dwight Robinson, and, and, and this is what I said in the email. Dwight Robinson's main business comes from China. 1,400 acres are owned by China. Chinese Communist Party, and it's, it's going to be a disaster, right? Mm-hmm. All that is going to turn to Section 8 housing because the hardliners, like they always do, are pulling the problem in China. So this is Dwight Robinson to rig the city council Gave everybody money, like in Carlsbad, and Caruso gave everybody. The problem is the Chinese thing. There's Benjamin Yu, and I have a video that keeps people downloading, people going crazy over, where you're, you're on, on the book of Robert Baldwin, General Robert Baldwin, the playbook, the plan of Chinese agents in the United States, finance, real estate. Yeah. Uh, you go to New York. Bellevue, Washington, and Southern California. Benjamin Yu called that. And then the money laundering, right? He uh, spent $500,000 for a state assembly seat. Okay? He paid $105,000. Money laundering. So he's money laundering for his campaign. I'm like, you're going to win this campaign. Uh, your next opponent uh has $6,000 in the campaign bank account. You have 20,000. Why are you asking your mother for $2,000? Cause it's money laundering. I said, why, you wouldn't do this to your mom, Robert Pequena. But the problem is, I said, as a Marine, I have a lot of friends who are Marines, right? We just connect. And what I've heard my whole life, once a Marine, always, you took mm-hmm. an oath to protect the constitution. Why did you take money to your campaign from a Chinese agent, Benjamin Yu? So your thoughts before we start comparing what we know about the pharmaceutical industry as it goes through horse racing and through crime because we have veterinarians in that day. I'm being Pentecostal at you. I'm throwing a couple things similar to God, old school, similar to God. I'm throwing and saying to you too, uh, 
different things, but they connect. The core of it is you corruption that takes money out of your pocket. Yeah, they do. You know, one, one of the words I was thinking about when you were speaking, Josh, and that was a pretty good overview. There's a term that we like to, we need to vet people, the vetting process. And the, the phrase that came to mind was you need to vet the vet. Now that can apply to the veterinarian or to the veteran. But the question is how many people, and we've been talking about this now for months, how many people actually take the time to A, do any homework and B, vet whoever they're gonna do business with or they're gonna interview or they're right. gonna interact. And it's almost like you need to give people permission. I, I had a client one time, I had to write him a permission stuff. I said, dear Josh, you have my permission to fire so-and-so, Coach Mike. And he looked at me like I was joking. I said, well, apparently you don't have the whatever, chutzpah or you think you're gonna get sued or whatever. I said, you can let this person go. They're not performing. I said, run it through HR. Right. And what you're talking about, the, you talk about a, a doctor, you talk about a veterinarian, you talk about a veteran. When we're talking about people that are professionals, you and I and many of our viewers and listeners have this idea that they really have our best interests at heart. It used to be that way, Josh. I don't know in the last 10, 15 years, I think that's changed. I think a lot of right. people not have their best interests at heart all the time. And so service is now a curse word. No such thing as customer service anymore. When you see it, you don't even recognize it. Or someone's polite to you. It's like, thank you. You're welcome. So that's what I think. I think you're, you're starting off on this idea of like the motivation for a veterinarian, the motivation for a doctor is to what? The doctor is a Hippocratic Oath, right? To, to make, to make, yeah. Yeah. And, and the same thing with what you said about the veterinarian. of the Hippocratic Oath, what would be is uh, do no harm, right? Right, right. Do no harm. In other words, if you can not, help, and, and it doesn't mean you're not going to do harm because we're all going to do harm. It's repeated harm. intentional harm. That's right. That's right. It's almost like the biblical story of the Good Samaritan. People walk by, see someone on the side of the road, they walk by. This guy who's not a doctor, he's just a business guy, says, Hey, let me get you patched up. I'll get you a hotel. Stay here a couple of days. Mr. Hotel owner, here, here's a couple bucks when I come back. If there's anything more, I'll pay for it. That's why he's called the Good Samaritan. And we don't have those anymore, in my humble opinion. We need those. And I think our viewers and listeners are looking for either they are Good Samaritans or looking for those people that are Good Samaritans. Right. Right. Now, uh, Robert Pecanio, right? He is in over his head. 15 years in the Marines, 15 years at Hakak. And what I told him is, right, speak to that point, right? That we talked about George Navarro. I was like, I actually, I felt like I interviewed George Navarro. Do not be wise in your own conceit. When he says, I know everything, I don't know. You know, I don't need a mentor. I know everything. I'm smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Obviously, it has the opposite effect. The arrogance of this to be, hey, you know a lot about the Marines, you know a lot about police work. However, you need to know research because there's a lot you don't know. And 
it's a smaller world. And uh, my humble opinion, cops, Marines, if you have a little bit of money, don't do it by yourself. Get my person easy. Get somebody who's been doing business and learn business. Don't go to another government place because at that point, it's like you're getting welfare. I know you hate welfare because most people, Marines and cops are conservative. So be a true conservative and start a military or police consultant for whatever. But you fought for democracy. You put your life on the line for democracy and capitalism. Live it. Take a tiny risk. And it's a tiny because this is the richest country in the world. So you can speak to that conceit. Or it could be insecurity. What is it? You met a lot of guys. You know exactly what I'm talking about. They're talking about a guy. And, and, and this is a pattern too, right? Because they want camaraderie. And the news is not telling you this, but one of the core problems of what happened in January 6th looking for love in all the wrong place. You're out, you just finished your military career, cop career. You want to don't hang out with other cops. Don't want. Find new people to hang out. And it, it goes back to what your mother said. If, you're, if Tony wants you to jump the bridge, don't do it. You don't have to do it. If Tony wants you to go to the insurrection, it comes back, you don't have to go. You can stay home. Because you're going to get a felony and you're going yeah. to be branded for the rest of life now because you wanted to be part of a group. He wants to be part of this political group, these people. He wants to find the same camaraderie we had with the Marines and, and uh, the Orange County Sheriffs. Yeah. Well, I think the whole January 6th thing, I think the whole January 6th thing, it's like a lot, it's going to unravel. You're going to find there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes. Like you said, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, you get 30%, 40%, you get 22 second sound bites and people already have, they're writing books on that. You and I say, wait, 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 there's a whole lot of history behind this. We're not ready yet. We're still not well, ready. Well, I've yet. done research, right? Because the, the thing about it is, I know people, and I've been all over the country and I spoke to different types of people. Nobody, it's the same thing with the Mueller report. I know, I've done the research, and that's why I know this, what's going on. Being I factor to it, right? Uh, yeah. There was these two people who set up a networking outing, a field trip at the insurrection. And what I, what I see, based on the evidence, it's a hundred different factors mm -hmm. of puppet pulling different puppet string. For them, he was the chief of police in North Carolina. The wife, I forgot what she was, so a nurse or something. Mm -hmm. And they set up a networking militia group, which is perfectly fine. They go out and they shoot guns in the middle of nowhere and they know how to survive. They can make fire out of a couple of sticks. I mean, all kinds of things, which is good. It's necessary. However, to make money off these people, they took lonely, vulnerable people. And let's go to the insurrection. And let's cause heck and let's start fighting people. Same thing at a bar fight. I've seen bar fights. Yeah. And a hundred different groups did this. Right? Now, were those people inspired by Trump or were they inspired by the couple in the networking group? But we're trying to get because these groups are similar 
to the echo chamber going on in the horse racing industry. Or the other side. I mean, there, there's, like you said, there's so many factors. And when you, one thing we read the other day, which I told you this a long time ago, I said, Josh, I'm having a hard time believing all the stuff from Wikipedia. So, so the previous founder comes out and says, well, the Wikipedia is far left and blah, blah, blah. They don't have any Christian and Republican and conservative voice there. Okay, all I'm saying is, if in fact, that's your input, that's your data, I don't trust the data. And I have every right to not trust the data because I don't believe the sources. Now, we can argue till the cows come home about that. I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'll speak prophetically. What's going to happen eventually is you're going to find out there's a lot of left-wing people and a lot of stinkers that said, hey, what? You know, we need to plan something. We need to make this thing look like it's Republicans and conservatives and rednecks and Second Amendment guys and blah, blah. And it's going to come out. It will in time. Now, we'll be dead and buried maybe before it comes out because they never, they'll never admit it. The problem well, because the, the FBI has. That's yeah. the problem too, right? We talked about the FBI right now. There's a lot of issues in the FBI, even in the the rank and file. I mean, there's a well, lot of stuff going on. Well, let's 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 get to the, what we do here. If we get to the root of it, the root of the problem with the FBI is something solved by brilliant guys, right? John Robert and Rick Kavanaugh. There's a lot of left leftist decisions that came out of the Supreme Court. Why? Because uh, Pelosi, everybody said that Brett Kavanaugh was not going to keep his word. He kept his word. He called balls and strikes. Well, it's to the left, that's what the Constitution says. It's to the right. He's conservative, but he's doing a job as a Supreme Court justice. That's and right. He's to be a judge, gets a judge right down the middle. No emotion. Right. This is what the law says. This is what the Constitution says. And thank God we still have a constitution. Yeah. The piece of paper, but it's an important piece of paper with important concepts. They have developed over thousands of years that was extrapolated by George Washington and crew Hamilton. Right. And that's what we're using, right? To avoid chaos. Because you need a reference point and call Boston Strike. Mm-hmm. Now the FBI is Boston Strike. A guy from the right is going to conspire. Against the guy from the left. And the left is going to inspire. And you're not supposed to do that. You're your mm-hmm. law enforcement, not self enforcement, your philosophy enforcement. <laughs> well, I asked people enforcing their philosophy. I asked a question to an attorney. I said, let me let me pick on that point you just made. I said, okay, so we're gonna have Elena Kagan is gonna be a Supreme Court justice, right? She's an avowed lesbian and she is everything left. And she admits it and she posts it. Nothing ever happened to her. She was confirmed 100%. Nobody said boo. Brett Kavanaugh comes along and some lady, Blasey Ford, basically says, he tried to rape me when I was blah, blah, blah. And the entire universe said, yes, he's guilty. Go take him out and kill him. He's no good pond scum. Okay, hold on, people. Hold on. 22-second sound bites don't make facts. You're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to your facts. We've said this on the podcast many times. So horse racing to crime, the same kind of thing. You're supposed to have arbiters of the truth that are supposed to be, air quotes now, objective. They're not objective. They're paid yes people. And this, right, this is right. They're controlled. They yeah. are. They like yeah. being in charge. They, they right. like being in charge. 
it's abuse of power. It is. So, it absolutely is. So abuse of power, we come to doctors. So the same problems are going down in one of the most corrupt organizations. And I only touched on it a little bit because it gets scary, right? Uh, we know how corrupt the NIH is. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about Cuba being a mafia organization. NIH is a mafia organization. Mm-hmm. Today I was talking to somebody. If I gave the Chinese government $10 million, they would use Patriot Act on me, right? I would disappear. Nobody would know what I, where I am. No due process. The United yeah. States, I did that. Uh, NIH gave China $10 million to create COVID-19 in Delta virus. And nobody's in jail. So a lot of doctors go to jail. So my first experience in the healthcare industry, right? Because kind of the theme of this is how messed up veterinarians are in the horse industry. Mm. So how messed up the healthcare system is. How it's not changed in 50 years when I was born. When I was born, I was born, and you can kind of hear it tonight, it's kind of popping up with a respiratory problem that was going to kill me. Mm-hmm. So the nurses put on my uh, birth certificate, Caucasian. <laughs> so I would get extra care because the white kids that were Caucasian, birth certificate Caucasian, got extra care and were not let to die. So now fast forward 50 years later, which communities are getting the worst healthcare? Under Republican and Democratic administration, that same community. But here we have situational intelligence. Uh, always tell the truth? No. I'm glad these nurses lied on my birth certificate to keep me alive and said mm-hmm. I was Caucasian so I could get extra care. Mm-hmm. How messed up is the healthcare system? Huh? Mm-hmm. Cuba is one of the worst countries to live in in the world. We're seeing riots, but they have the best medical system. Why? Because Fidel Castro, for his own personal benefit, because he died with uh, $1.5 billion he paid out to his family, he used science, he used testing to find out the people and personalities who were predisposed to the Hippocratic Oath. So whatever happens to the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm intentionally repeatedly. So they've cured 98% success rate with lung cancer. So as bad as you is, poison, if you have lung cancer, you should go to the United States, to Cuba. Now, that vaccine was sent to the FDA, what happened? Pharmaceutical, right? Pharmaceutical industry found out what terrified the chancellor of Rutgers University. When the Cuban guy started telling his success rate and how they were doing it, and he was giving away patents worth millions of dollars, he was just giving them away. He immediately yeah. called the FBI, but the I mean, Rutgers, what they call it, Moscow University. He's a straight shooter, but the chancellor at Rutgers, not only he didn't trust the FBI, he didn't trust the FBI to kill these two scientists because they're giving out information 
it was going to cost uh, pharmaceuticals $50 billion. So he called the U.S. Marshals. Right? So what those nurses showed, right, what the Chancellor record showed is that the highest form of intelligence along with long-term thinking is situational awareness. That's why uh, corruption in local politics, like corruption in the horse racing industry, horse racing because you need to know your surroundings. You, especially when something like COVID-19 can hit, where's every man for himself? At the end of the day, it was every man and woman for himself. Meanwhile, Dr. Fossey, everybody else, politicians at the American crisis were raising money. Coming on TV, not to talk how you can keep sales, but how, where you can send the money. And the same thing for the science festival. So Sarah Manfred, you have to have that situational awareness. Yeah. Right? So at the end, we're going to come up with five solutions. They'll, believe it or not, it's true because most, most of the things can be done now. The reason they're not being done are for political reasons. We got the sign. We have the answer. I just specify the answer. And at the end, we'll go with five. But to this point, what are your thoughts about how uh, you do some of this in your scope of work? Mm-hmm. Testing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The white doctor, I didn't finish that story actually. The white doctor uh, put me in a room the janitor at the hospital. This is what's now the Scientology building in LA. Cedars of Lebanon Hospital, Los Angeles, California. The janitor was a doctor in Cuba. Hmm. And he was so confident, so sure of himself, had met with the hospital. They, they took me out of the regular room and he took me to an operating table and they did an illegal operation on my nose for respiratory. It's not perfect, but I'm alive. That's how messed up the healthcare industry is, my Christine. What are your thoughts on this for you? Well, you know, my wife has been a nurse for a lot of years. And so I was, what would you call that? Right up against it a lot. And I would go to different functions, meet doctors, meet nurses, and listen to them talk. And I didn't really hear a lot of talk about patient care. I heard a lot of talk about vacations and meeting the right husband and travel and how much money I could make. Not, not that that's wrong, but my ear was thinking, because I was an orderly in a Cobb hospital before I got started years ago, and I used to take care of patients. And I used to think I had a very high respect for medical professionals. And all of a sudden, as I would listen to these people and I'd watch these nurses, I told my wife, Mary Jane, one day, I said, look, if I ever get sick, don't take me to the hospital. Just bring me home, okay? You take care. I don't want to be there. I don't trust them, to be honest. Now, that's kind of a broad brush of the pen. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, doctors and nurses that are very professional. But we've gotten away, to your point, we've gotten way far away from the Hippocratic Oath about almost the Good Samaritan concept, taking care of people, don't do any harm, help them to get better, help them to get better health. And it's just messed up because of politics, because of money. You know, there's an old expression. Or, politics. Or power. What, what is this? Once you got money, what, what yeah. power? To that point, right? 
the third point. So I'm going to give you five points describing the problem. Give you two. Number three is they've done none of the studies on doctor. Why did you become a doctor? In all those studies, there are around five of them, done by major universities, uh, people with PhDs in statistics. 80% of doctors in peer-reviewed, evidence-based studies became doctors, not because of the Hippocratic oath, mm. but, right, because they like telling people what to do. Mm. Back to that cop, right, he's on the city council, right? Uh, as a cop, he tell people what to do. He wants to get involved in new sports. And instead of being a coach, he wants to be the umpire. He wants to be in control. Yeah, yeah. It's a coach kids football on Pop Warner. He's a Pop Warner referee. You don't like what I'm saying? Get out of here. He wants to be in control. He wants to tell people what to do. Does he like sports? No. He likes telling. He's on city council now because he wants to tell people what to do without having an knowledge base. Mm. High school education. Your thoughts on that as it relates to because the racing board. Right. And the owners, because it's strange in horse racing. It's the owners, it's the horse racing board used as a pawn by the owners. The horse racing boards are doing a lot of damage by being like Scott Boyd and being like Picanha. They're being Schultz, right? Schultz yeah. too. They're doing a lot of damage. They're getting a lot of horses killed and, it, and hurting the whole industry with, with the betters. The MDA has for long been a powerful organization. They've been paying off legislative legislatures and everybody for a long time, right? So for part of the theme that I'm showing is I am describing the problem. The theme is that things are already in place that should be enforced, right? It should be enforced because the healthcare industry is a mess. So let me know your thoughts on the MDA, powerful organization that knows how to pay people off and uh, they know how to leverage the corruption and the corrupt intent of elected officials on all levels to assert their will for the doctors. And they're making a mess out of the healthcare industry. So the NBA, much like the horse racing industry, generates billions and billions of dollars, right? And when you get to be someone like a LeBron James, you're a commodity that's hot property. And so I want to give every possible opportunity for LeBron James to advertise and promote my product, which is in this case, let's say a sneaker, a, a shoe. Well, where do they make the shoes? They make them in Philadelphia? They make them in uh, Los Angeles. They make them in Maine. No, they make them in China. But they make their shoes in China. So all of a sudden what happens is, and very much like the horse racing uh, industry, you get people in places with money and power and influence. And what you just said, I will tell you what we're going to do, Josh. I don't want a consensus. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a gajillion dollars from these shoes coming from China to America 
all the black athletes are going to wear them. They're going to promote them. So if you say anything about China, you're a racist because you're talking about LeBron James. See how it gets convoluted? Well, I did, the, problem, I the problem with the NBA is that there's no check. There's no right? check. You're talking about Nike, great book to read, True Dog. True Dog, it's yeah. The perfect example of what I'm talking about. But Phil Knight, he wrote, intentionally wrote a million-dollar check. Mike Christianese and I intentionally write a million-dollar check. We know there's no money in the bank account. There's not going to be any money in the bank. We get the product, and we sell it to Bill Knight, you go to jail. Phil Knight didn't, right? Because of selective prosecution. So mm -hmm. now the MDA influences selective prosecution. Mm -hmm. and what, and again, this is a perfect example of corruption not being a victim of crime. Because mm -hmm. people say, oh, there's no victim here. There's no victim. All politicians are corrupt. There's no, yes, there is victim. And you see it every day. That's why so many people are shooting each other. It is a, a, a long-term consequence of corruption. It is. Right? It really is. It really is. For example, when I was a kid growing up, if you bought a pair of sneakers, you got PF flyers or maybe you got Converse, okay? You got a pair of shoes. You, you had a pair of shoes for a long time. It wasn't until many, many, many years later the guys like Michael Jordan had their face and their thing on the shoe. A pair of shoes used to cost 25 bucks are now 135, 155 for a pair well, the of MDA, to, 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 to really specify what the MDA does, it says that those shoes are safe when they're unsafe for the benefit of Nike, right? And not the benefit of you. And they mm -hmm. don't change the script. They don't change the script on the local up. They do what's best. You're supposed to do what's best for you and the people around you. And you're so good, you can do that and still make a few bucks on the side. We don't care. But what they're doing is doing what's best for themselves and what's best for the front one. It's a bandwagoneers. They jump on the bandwagon. They're not the people that go in front, courage to fight. They are standing behind Goliath against David, yelling, talking junk. And the minute you hit Goliath with a rock upside his head, they start running. But you see him with a suit, with all these flat shoes, these speeches, crying when the first responders come in the building, right? They're crying when the first responders come in the building. And during the pandemic, didn't give a first responder, not even one mask, <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. These are the people we're talking about. These are the people of the MDA. That's why. Veterinarians and horse yes. And that's why the healthcare system is so messed up. Well, let's so, back up a second. Let's I, back up a second. Let's yeah, back up right. Okay. So let's say I, as a kid growing up, I love animals. I love animals. And someone says, hey, Mike, you love animals. You should go into animal husbandry. Fancy term for become a vet. Okay. So I say, well, what does that require? Well, you, in a sense, you're going to be like a doctor. You're going to learn all about the body, but for animals. So I say, wow, that's cool. I can learn about horses and dogs and cats and pigs and chickens and cows, all of this stuff. So you get into that. And one day you graduate, Josh, we've been there. You graduate. And next thing you know, you become a vet, a veterinarian. And so a senior veterinarian, a guy that has the practices, Mike, why don't you come to work for me for a couple, three years, learn the ropes, 
and maybe you either take over my practice or you branch out on your own. Terrific. So for three years, you're under this umbrella of learning. You're an intern, even though you're a veterinarian, you're an intern. And you learn all about ligaments and you operations and medications and this and that. And you go on night visits where a horse is born, a foal, or a cow is born, or an animal has to be put to sleep. Okay. But your initial, your initial motivation to be a vet was you loved animals. Okay. Fast forward 10 years, you're now a vet 10 years, you got your own shingle out. You're, you get involved in horse racing. You get involved with a guy like uh, Bob Baffert. <laughs> okay. I keep in you the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Make your horse so, up. I, I would the, love to hear Bob Baffert's pitch to owners why he should change the horse. It's good, man, because he, he gets them all. Absolutely. So you you come on board with the Baffert group. They've won Kentucky Derby. They're, they're the most famous people in the universe. You feel like you just died and went to heaven. I mean, you you arrived, right? All of a sudden, a couple of years down the road, somebody comes to you and says, uh, Doc, Mike, we need to spike this horse to win this race. And the, your first reaction is, I, I, I didn't get involved in horse racing to, to spike horses. But you do it because you're paid by the people that told you if you don't do it, you may not be working here or be alive. Think about it for a minute. So you do it once and the horse doesn't die and the horse wins the race. You go, well, that was, that was okay. Then they do it again. Then again, all of a sudden now it's a habit. It's habitual. Next thing you know, you're now a convict. You're doping horses. Right. Why? Because you're a veterinarian. But I thought you got in the veterinarian because you loved horses. Well, yeah, but the money and I lost my compass. My moral compass got broke. That's what you're talking about. The corruption is because we don't have any moral compass. We don't have systemic racism. We have systemic corruption. Yeah, it is. It's, it is systemic corruption, right? And then what I'm noticing lately, and, and this is another podcast, but. Uh, the black community, I didn't participate in. He's even done it a little bit. Nipsey, the reason I have Nipsey was because he was a good businessman. The glorification of corruption. Mm -hmm. Right? The glorification of corruption is getting a lot of people killed. Yes. Because it's corruption. So I'm going to go through my five steps. Oh, okay. To fix and fund the problems okay. in the healthcare industry and in horse racing. From what I know now, we're going to dig deeper into horse racing. But the overview, we've done like six months reading, investigating. These are five steps that will clean things up. And it's not that I'm a genius. Some people know this a lot better, more intricately than I do. But like I asked like a professor in Florida, I asked him, both Cuba and the United States have had the technology to make a hurricane-proof uh, underground tunnel and a bridge from Key West to Cuba. It's only 90 miles. Why haven't they done it? And the professor, economics professor Smart says, because 80 or 90 percent things in life are purely political. Right? So if you don't get involved in politics, politics, COVID-19 reminders, we'll get involved with you. Okay. So five-step solution number one, you hear it all the time, 
but there isn't the political will to do it. Uh, remember, the law, I hate to say it, but it's almost irrelevant. It's what the judge wants to do. Charlie Crisp, Congressman Charlie Crisp, told me when he's Attorney General, Attorney General of Florida, went on to be the governor of Florida. Mm-hmm. Now he's running for governor again. Guess the same thing. He told me, Josh, good lawyers know the law. Great lawyers know the judge. Justice and the law are distant cousins at best. It's a cultural proceeding. Oh, it's a court proceeding. 80% of judges are fools, people who could not do well in private practice in a robe. Okay? So the first solution is obvious. We went through where Scott Voice. Merely Force fraudulently stole $150,000. This is Scott Voigt's in every city, single city council, in every single county board all over the world in this country. Enforce the law. Do simple investigations. Right. My personality and I, we experience, we pay attention, we work hard, but we're not geniuses. We don't go to the operating table. We're not on uh, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk staff of rocket scientists. But we figured out that Scott Voice is lying and still taxpayers' money that could be used for the pharmaceutical. And in describing the problem, we got one part. And it is that value needs to be taught all four years of high school. Yeah. yeah, and have a chart and teach people what value is a psychological fact plus functional fact divided by time and money. And each president has done something, but it's like um, the extension of the voting rights right. Why not make it permanent? The voting rights says that black people, minorities, and women should be allowed to vote. Why are you extending it? Why aren't you making it a permanent and getting yeah. it done and over with? What? Because you, you have to have a standby, something to fill in. Well, let's go with the water, water. Let's extend the way right here. <laughs> Why not make it permanent? Exactly. It's exactly. absurd. It's it absolutely absurd. So you're saying the first step is to enforce the law. It almost sounds <laughs> like common sense. Yeah, the books. <laughs> right? I can't believe it. Enforce the law? <laughs> enforce the law. Enforce the law. And yeah. why, why do our lawmakers keep making new laws and changing new laws and blaming old laws? I thought your job was to make laws and enforce them. Did, did I miss the step here? Well, look at like force. 51% of the $86 million budget goes to the Orange County Sheriff's. Huh? And you get overwhelmed, right? You're talking about generals, right? We're the ones with the gun, really says, right? So you notice that everybody's willing to overpay for law enforcement. And defunding the police was wrongly worded. What it needed to say is, it's because these people don't have experience on the street. They live in these ivory towers. They live in these gated communities. They don't know how to talk. The way you say it is, four cops roll up, right? And for me, it's four cops rolling up on me, right? Doing a stop and frisk. 
you fit the description of a person who's committed a major crime. We have to kick you and beat you up because you kind of look like this guy. That's what I'm talking about, right? Hey, that's what I did. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Stronger, right? right? So four cops roll up on you. Now that we use science, overall macro, use, it's the it's healthcare industry for Christ's sake. It's veterinarians in the horse racing industry. Use common sense, please. Which you is don't- number two? Is number two? Yeah, it's number two. Use common Use sense. I'm writing these down, Josh. This is good stuff. Number two is four cops roll up on you. Make it four cops and a psychotherapist. Three cops and a psychotherapist walking to a bar. Whatever. Right, right. <laughs> right? And uh, Pequeno said he was helping with mental health. The guy that knows everything, right? 15 years in the Marines, 50 years as a cop high school diploma, he says he's helping with mental health in the home. I said, no, you're not. My wife's a psychotherapist. She has an advanced degree. Right. And, and these people are writing her letters thinking of saving their lives. How many letters have been written about you, right? And that's just common, that's just common sense. It's math, too. It's pattern recognition, right? So that's what uh, defund the police. So as business customers and consultants, you make a lot of money. Where I'm going with the value is, uh, it's a huge problem where everything in the healthcare industry, same thing with law enforcement, city councils and law enforcement, they overpay because it's healthcare. Overpay. It's, it's uh, hey, I don't want my mom to die. I don't want to, everybody overpays. People are overpaying up and down the board. People need to be educated in value. And value cannot go out the window when you're talking about law enforcement. Yes. And you're yes. talking about pharmaceuticals. Yes. Uh, right? But drug, cancer drugs. Cancer is supposed to be cured in five years. Right? So where I was going with it, with the Cuban vaccine at the FDA, right? Communists don't know how to price things. So... The Cuban vaccine cures 98% of the cancer. Mm. The American vaccine, which is supposed to mirror the Cuban vaccine, right, cures 48% because of the MDA. Mm -hmm. They're looking out for major pharmaceutical companies and they're not looking out and it's not even a because all these people are already rich, power. They want to have the power to do it. Right. They're drunk and they're crazy with power. So, okay. simple solution. Abide by the original. Remember how I said about the original? Something starts. Original is good. Hippocratic oath is good. Everybody sit up. People that want to be in, they put their right hand and they right. just do no harm. We need to get back to that basic. Civil rights movement started with Martin Luther King. Right now, we're at our church. We need to go back to Martin Luther King and, and, and do something as simple as the Hippocratic Oath. Copy, use the testing, Fidel Castro did. Take your ego out of the way. You hate Fidel Castro. Use the test he used to pick people who care about medicine. Sometimes, Celestine Prophecy, the greatest book I ever read, 
And it says that sometimes the most complicated problems have a simple solution. Solution. Right? So that, that, that's the... Remember, this is six and fun. Josh, where are you going to get out of the money? From the trillion dollars being stolen by local government. Put that trillion dollars yeah. in the healthcare industry and teach people value. Do independent study yourself about it. It's the most educated public in the whole world. And boy, a lot of pharmaceuticals and things in the pharmaceutical industry will suddenly become very affordable without a government solution. Government solution is a cesspool. It's it it's not it doesn't go in front. You, it's not putting a cart in front of the horse. Yeah. First, right? This is the richest country in the world. Richest country ever, right? Private solutions work. And this is a way you put the horse in front of the cart and start with private private industry solution. Now is that number three? Is that the third is that the third solution? Yeah, so yeah, so you have uh Hippocratic you have uh enforcing the law, imagine that up in that Medicare fraud. There's so much Medicare fraud, not even funny. Right? Uh absolutely because there's the doctors uh being wrongly recruited, having the wrong motivations being in the in the industry, it leads to what? Corruption. It leads to fraud. Right? Okay, here's it. Let me stop you right here because here's a point that we should make for any viewer or listener trying to figure out what the code is here. Look at the people that are of Asian descent. They tend to be, this is a generalization statement, they tend to be more uh, smarter and a little more scientifically oriented, correct? So they right. get into engineering, get into medicine, they get into those areas. All of a sudden, you have laws now in America. In America, that says, right. well, you know, the Asians, that's not fair. I mean, we need to do things for underprivileged and underutilized or underrepresented. Wait, time out. Don't you want the, aren't you talking about the best people, Josh? Aren't you talking right. about the best people? Do I want a doctor who says, you know, really, really don't care about you. I, I need to get paid first before I can give you any medicine. <laughs> right. Wait, wait, hold on, doc, I'm dying. Well, you yeah, know, that, that's too bad. Uh, how are you going to pay me? This is what we're doing. We're getting the cart and the horse backward to where the cart is going this way, the horse is going the other direction. And so right. you're talking about private industry solutions. God, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times we, okay, take, for example, oil rigs and oil fires down in, let's say, Texas, Oklahoma. There was a guy named Red Adair years ago. Red Adair would come in for a fee and say, I'll get that thing done for you in about a week, but it's going to cost you 350000 bucks wow how so much because i know what to do and how to do it he'd go in there and get the thing done now just like when the they were going to rebuild the uh, uh what san francisco stadium after the earthquake right they were having all kinds of trouble with politics and money and this and that and the guy says look time out i can have this thing rebuilt in about eight months here's what's going to cost you but you got to get all the regulations of the government out of my way guess what they did they did that guess what happened boom candlestick park was rebuilt whatever it's called today right so what you're talking about is enforce the law one two use <laughs> common sense wow that's amazing three private industry solutions what's number four all right so you got enforce the law stop the fda 
right? Stop okay. the culture of doing what's best for the pharmaceutical industry and their influence with the FDA. It really goes back to the, you know, really doing a good job of enforcing the corruption, taking that money out and putting it back into lower drug prices. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Third solution is testing doctors. And getting the right people recruit, overhauling the industry. I think nurses do a better job than doctors. There's far better high quality nurses than there are high quality doctors. Sometimes nurses know more. So allow for C2A to loan term. Make it legal for the nurses to get with a, uh, they, form, they know the good doctors in the hospital if they work with them every day, allow for nurses, empower nurses. How about empower most uh, women nurses? How about empower women? Empower yes. nurses. Mm. Okay, I got to test awareness and situational intelligence. I got a testimony to that point. So my, my, my wife used to work ICU, CCU, and she right. used to work nights, right? So she'd work 11P to 7A. Okay. So three o'clock in the morning, the patient has a problem. My wife says, I know what to do. I have to call the doctor. She calls the doctor. Uh, I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. That sounds good. Okay, bye. What did she just do? She just saved the patient's life. She played right. the Now, you know what they tell the nurses? Be careful. You don't want to get sued for practicing medicine. Right. What, what, what do you think we're doing here at three o'clock in the morning? You think we're playing chess? Well, I just call they took the, their job. It's a common situation. Is in good faith, nurses use take doctors out of it. Get doctors to get that test. It's gonna take a while, but it has to be done. It has to be started for monetary reasons, right? Uh, everybody talks about Medicare for all, all this and that. Before you go the Medicare Medicare for all route. Let's go. What did Kelly say? First things first. Let's, first thing. let's, because you don't have, you want to be scientific, right? Garbage is garbage out. You don't have valid data. We don't have doctors what they're supposed to do with a Hippocratic oath. We're not enforcing the laws. I don't know what we're enforcing. We're, for, we're getting ready for some murder. We're only, oh, we're getting ready for some murder now. Only six, that's why this whole tracing true crime. We're getting into murders that happen in mm -hmm. the horse racing industry. Yeah. 39% of murders are never solved. Yeah. And remember, this is the biggest part of the budget. Why is the biggest part of the budget not getting results? All right. So, All right. number five, we're close to this and let you know your thoughts is the best medicine. It's presented this in the Kaiser model works. Right. Test people. Do your research. Go back to do your do your research on everybody's body. When you go for your annual checkups, they're not checking your DNA. They're extracting your DNA, you're coming up with your profiles, and you gotta do your part too. You're not doing the basics. It's real overeating. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're a victim, right? You're a victim because you don't want to, the healthcare industry is wrong or whatever because you're you're doing mess every day. You're You're losing your temper every five minutes, raising your blood pressure, screaming at people. You're a victim. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
Kaiser model, all things preventive medicine, right? That will solve, in my humble opinion, yes, I've been asked to speak on this, but in my humble, that will fix around 80% of the problem. What are your thoughts, my Christine? Well, your idea on the Kaiser model working is because their whole, their theme, their language is thrive. What does that mean? That means patients thrive. If the patients thrive, the system works up and down. So systemic success because the patient care is primary. And that's the key you're talking about. The other thing about, and especially in the horse racing, true crime realm, when you have people that get, we talked about this, they become veterinarians, then they become successful, then they get sucked up into the Stronich machinery, then they get killed because they got to be spit out because they were going to squeal. <laughs> so one of your issues here is, you know, start testing the people, vetting them. How do you well, vet someone? You're going to do for doctors and healthcare field, the same test, unfortunately. And much is we want because there was a point in time where I disagreed with the whole philosophy of PA, underlying philosophy. But I liked that they were out there. I liked that they were passionate, and I liked, and I was wrong, right? Things that mm-hmm. you do about Easter Bunny, Santa Claus type stuff. It, you get an adult, you find out that you were one hundred percent wrong. Gita mm-hmm. is MIA. On this, and he got the money. All those people are very, very rich uh, to the left, and, and he got more money than he got. You know, Pelosi family is the Biltmore family. Nobody has more money in this country than Biltmore. I don't care for Gates or whatever. So today, you have to do the same type of recruiting, and you have to get people that are successful. I mean, Josh, what do you say? What are you suggesting? People that are in chaos. And I don't care how much money you have. If you're a ghetto, right? The people put with black people, or you're white trash with people who are white. If your life is chaos, if you're hiring secretaries because you want to screw them, Mm. now you're you got four wives, fifteen kids. You're very successful to the throne effect. Same thing when you're voting for somebody. When you're voting in a local election. Right. Make this determination if that candidate is under financial stress. Which is going to take unnecessary risk the way he's taking to put himself in financial risk. Or the person should be in financial risk, or they were in financial risk right now. And now they got two Mercedes in the driveway. Now they're running for council. Are they part of some group? I went to the city council meeting, Pecanio, right? 15 years, eight. Well, Coach Mike says, listen, listen to you. So when I know he's an idiot, but I was listening for more entertainment value than anything else, but you learn a lot too. He says 15 years in the Marines, 15 years of college. So he's crying, saying that he's a victim. He's a victim because his wife and daughter had two Mercedes's and he stole $150,000. He steals $150,000 to fraud, which we proved, and he's a victim. So some guys come up I'm defending it. People with defense guy, obviously they're part of some group. Something's going on. He says, well, first guy says, 
I've been, I started out in the Marines 15 years, and then I was a cop for 15 years. Hmm. He sits down, and this guy comes down. And, and then they say, never say anything Oh, Scott's such a great guy. I can't believe you're doing this, Scott. You know, all right wing guys, Republican guys, military guys, wearing all the hats, all the, you know, uh, make America great again. But then saying this guy's a victim because he stole money. All right. So here comes the other guy. He says, 15 years in the Marines, 15 years in as a cop. They all got to be part of something. It doesn't have to be nefarious. It could be a drinking club, whatever. Then they all have the same story. Or another element. <clears throat> That's the thing about just because we see all white people in January 6th does not mean it's diverse. There are 100 different groups with 100 different motivations and 100 different reasons to be there. Some of those groups are January 6th. They're very good. What we're asking, we're asking us as a society and elected officials to be as organized as the proud part, to be as organized as the 3%. Because they know the type of people to recruit. They need to be part of a group. They need to be part of a militia. Vulnerable people. Same thing with Nazi gangs or any gang. Same thing with black gangs. They look for certain sexual partners. They look for a profile. We're looking for the democratic out versus a prostitute. Or in this case, someone who is willing to be muscle for a corrupt purpose, because they don't even know whether it's corrupt or not. They're just what uh, Coach Mike and I would call an S in this profile, or C compliance. Oh, the Constitution is being violated, right? So we're asking to do this with Hippocratic oaths, in the Hippocratic oaths for horses. That's what we need in the narrative. So the strongest family comes in, the guy is married or single, but his life is in chaos. That he's willing to sell his soul for a corrupt purpose. Under under the guise of I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be fulfilled, I'm going to be made whole. That's the big delusion. That's the lie. Well, this is a big lie too. Yeah. That what somebody else does does not affect you. There's a greater good, right? right. And so Kenya, and go to Kenya. We're all interconnected. What you do. Affects me. What I do can affect you. COVID 19 started in China. We're all interconnected. And Pekin, who knows everything, doesn't need a mentor, doesn't know everything, asks me, and what's interconnected? And I, to my credit, younger man would have mocked him. But to my credit, I said, interconnected means that when you do something, it might affect me. And when I do something, it might affect you. So you, nobody, no matter how much you try to isolate, the Unabomber is a perfect example. No matter how you try to isolate yourself, we're all interconnected. So the greater good is a good personal, even a selfish business. Right. No, that's true. That's very true. The thing that gets me most of the time is, and I, I'm glad you're referencing the listening because when you do listen, sometimes you hear some pretty hard, stupid stuff and you don't want to laugh and you don't want to judge. So you start asking Mr. Hand questions like, how did you arrive at that belief system or who taught you that? Or 
or when did you learn that? Now, here's the issue with the, uh, uh, what's his name, Robert. Okay, so he's been working for the government now for 15 years plus, 15, that's 30 years of government employee. He's told what to do and when to do it. I didn't say he was a bad employee. He's told what to do and how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, why to do it, okay? Do you think the human mind likes that? You think we like that? No, we want to be in control. That's why people get on boards, Josh. That's why people get on HOA boards. That's why they right. get on horse racing boards. Why? Exactly. The same state councilor, the same people on the HOA board. Literally. Same exact people. They're little gods. And they, by God, can tell you with a push of a button or five, five lights, you're you're done. Next toast. They didn't listen the, to you. The guilty by Abby, right? Perfect example. Yeah, of exactly. People on the HOA board who could care less about anybody else, they just well, that's a great analogy that we steal. Some doctors are people these they two. They don't care about anybody else. They just want to tell people what to do. They want to be the hall monitor. That's exactly right. I'm gonna push this button and you're done. Next. And they didn't listen to a thing you said. Now, behind closed doors, they'll say something like, you know, that guy Josh made a lot of sense. Well, thank God we got the button on him before he got too far gone. Right. And the problem with the citizen-led movements, we do have solutions. What did you say? You know, use private industry, use common sense. That's who we are as American people. But uh, unfortunately, that's getting yeah, squashed day by day. Go Medicare for all, right? And yeah. even if you the one fund Medicare for all, you got to start here, right? Uh, Bernie Sanders, as much as I love, I love Bernie Sanders' initiative that he was going to fix the VA. The VA. Mm -hmm. He agrees with me. The first step in fixing the VA is fixing the corruption. He hasn't done it yet. Hopefully he does. But that's the first step. In the money from the corruption, the VA will fund the whole VA. We'll fund the whole thing. 100%. So before we go Winston Churchill, what are your thoughts, Mike Christine? Well, I know that people watching or viewing think we're a little bit idealistic. We probably are. We're probably a little bit old school. In this case, we we're probably... not because this has been done before. We're not, but we're it... not exposing anything that hasn't been done. Societies that clean themselves up That's from right. a corruption. That's right. we're, we're appealing to the good in people to say, look, do this for the greater good. In other words, I, I'm going to use a word that's going to be a curse word to our listeners. Do what's best for yourself sacrifice. and those around you. Well, the sacrifice. Sometimes you have to sacrifice. What are you saying, Coach Mike? You mean I can't be with my phone for 12 minutes? Yeah, you can't be with your phone for two hours. What? There's no hotspot. There's no Wi-Fi. Time out, people. There's bigger fish to fry in the world than not having a hotspot for two hours. Thanks. Oh, yeah, that drives me crazy. Uh, I remember not having internet or a cell phone. Or, um, it's amazing, when I first went out to live on my own, when I was 19, 18, 19, 20, it was amazing how well we communicate. People leaving notes on your door where you go. <laughs> a girl stops by to know you're there. And she puts a note on your door. That's great communication. <laughs> right? Oh. I got this. The, yeah, first text. That was the first. <laughs> oh my God. Here's my number. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? So, oh, 
any more of that stuff. That's it. Well, we'll close with the Churchill, right? It's to that theme, and this theme is at the core of the stories we are telling and horse racing, true crime, and the veterinarian. They're integral. Now, next we're going to give you, we're going to do some extrapolation, right? Mm-hmm. And extrapolation is maybe a lot of money, but I learned it in an English class, which is extrapolation on top of extrapolation. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn about a specific story about a veterinarian who's in an FBI indictment with that fool that's really like uh, Pequeno the cop, right? People repeat themselves. Yeah. In that FBI indictment with George Navarro. But with the short show, we make a living from our labor, but we make a life from what we give. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm the best.